The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They don't reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, lighten the fuck up. Enjoy. Now, Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the 42nd edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day, night, weekend, whatever you're up to. I've learned that people listen to this podcast in many different places. The gym, on patrol, during sexy time, a little bit of everything. So hopefully whatever you're doing, it's enjoyable and I make it just a tad better. Anyway, this podcast is going to be probably the first of We'll probably do a couple, hopefully when I say over the years, we'll see what happens there, but we'll probably do a couple in the future of this podcast, but this will be the first edition of it, and so it'll have a family theme, and uh, me and my guests are going to talk a little bit about, well, a lot about um, being a cop and being a parent, and I haven't recorded it yet, so I think it'll be very good. The guest is a longtime friend of the page, and I think she'll have some pretty good insight, I think she's gone through things in life a little differently than I. So I think we'll have some good debate or conversation about things. But before we get too far, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast that are making this possible. And that is 3D Cop. 3D Cop creates lightweight and concealable 3D printed badge holders for plain clothes and off-duty carry, including high visibility options for clear identification. The company is run by two female law enforcement officers out of Maryland. They just released their new flexible badge holder that can be personally customized to your badge. The holder can also be personalized with custom text to comply with a new Maryland law that requires officers to provide their name and badge number on traffic stops and search warrants. All orders from now until December 24th will be packaged and placed in the mail on the same day of order. Use code PMPM15 for 15% off. So that is my friends over at 3D Cop, and I will have all their information on the description of the podcast and then on the page the day the podcast is released. I'm recording this intro early, and I totally realize that uh, I haven't weighed myself. So we'll skip the weight loss challenge. It's probably for the best. It's been a rough couple days. Anyway, I wanted to hit on just a couple quick things because I wanted to give thanks personally to the uh, people over the last couple weeks that have uh, become sponsors of the podcast, and you can too. Let's look who we got. Okay, so the first fella up here wanted to be recognized personally as the Alabama Hot Pocket, which if you listen to the podcast long enough, you know what I'm talking about. Next, I want to give thanks to Matt. Thank you very much, Matt, for pitching in. We've got Alyssa. Thank you very much. We've got Charlie, and we've got Spencer. So if I forgot anybody, I apologize. Thanks to you that have done that. It really helps out a lot. And... uh Of course, at the end of the podcast, there'll be a little link. You can click on that and support the podcast. All right, really quickly, we got to give away our T-shirt because I'm probably not going to have time in the podcast to do it. So uh, the writer writes in, I enjoy your podcast. This deputy has put in his years and is closing in on 20 years of service. He served as a Marine as well. He was my FTO and is a great example of a cop that's been there and seen that and continues to be trying to make a difference out in a very difficult area. Last year, we responded to a hostage situation 
that our department was very unprepared for. Not only did we lack the resources and training for a multiple hostage situation, but our admin did not step up or take charge or communicate while this deputy went in and tried to negotiate the, the gunman down for several hours and hours. So, uh, good on him for being a good dude and being a good FTO. So, uh, as soon as I hear back from him, I will be giving him a free mug or t-shirt courtesy of the anonymous donors to the podcast. So let's give them a big round of applause. So we're uh, rolling up on my Christmas break pretty soon here. So this is episode 42. 43, if I'm mathing correctly, will uh, we'll come out on next Sunday, which will be, it's kind of a, a little bit of everything show, which will be the first edition of the Blue Falcon Court. Some people have kind of been a little interested, and I think people might want to hear what it's all about first. So Hopefully I put on a good show, but if you are interested in me settling a workplace dispute and you hear this podcast, like the first couple of days it comes out, you still could potentially get on if you and a coworker uh, want me to solve your issues. So just send me a message. And then after that, I'll have Johnny Castro will be a guest and then the poorly made police memes Christmas spectacular. So I think you will enjoy that. All right. I won't keep it going too long, but uh, let's go. Let's go with a band that I can't pronounce and we haven't done in a while. I actually went to Google to see if I pronounce it right. Enceladus? 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 I don't know. Sorry, guys. I apologize. I mispronounce it all the time. But check these boys out. I think they're probably, last time we talked, they're getting in ready to go in the studio. So hopefully they'll have some more music for us coming up. They are a progressive death metal band from West Palm Beach, Florida. The bass player is a 14-year LEO vet. So check these guys out. I'll have links to them, too. And we'll be right back with the podcast. As the stealth bombers rolled off the assembly line, rumors surfaced that the military was test flying recovered alien craft at a secret government base known as Area 51. All right, in the moment you've all been waiting for, I have our good friend Ahsoka. She is uh, back from looking for Ezra Bridger to join us for this podcast. Yep, here I am. Thanks for the four people that got that joke. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so, we really, really appreciate that. Yeah, so how are you doing tonight? Uh, we're doing good. We're cold, we're wet, but we're alive. That's good. I uh, told everybody I was going to stop, stop drinking, but I'm drinking, so oops. <laughs> yeah. So real quick, I'm trying the, so Sam Adams has two winter beers. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not. I They do. I just tried the holiday white ale, which will probably get canceled pretty soon here. Um, not very good. Man, the winter lager sucks too. No Christmas beer this year. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, the reason you're on the podcast today is uh, we're going to talk about being a cop and having a bunch of kids, which... Uh, you're like me and you have a, like basically a gaggle of kids, right? Yeah. A whole herd. Yeah. It, uh, you have as many as me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You also have four. Yep. That's a lot of children. I know that for a fact. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, tell all the people you sound nervous as fuck, dude. Yeah. A little bit. Don't be nervous, man. We're all friends here. Yeah. I hate the sound of my own voice though. Oh, come on. 
<laughs> you're good. All right. All right. All right. You're good. good. You're good. Just pretend uh, you're in court. No, that's worse. That's a bad. Anyway, so let the uh, millions of people listening to this podcast, not to make you nervous, but millions of people probably listen to this uh, a little bit about you. All right. So I have a lot of kids and I live in Northern California. I've been in law enforcement for about two years now. I initially got into it because I was in a really bad DV marriage. And I, long story short, it took me way too long to get out of it because I was getting lazy, burnt out cops. So I decided to get into it just so I could be who I needed for other people. And I'm also in a military police unit in California. Hopefully that doesn't narrow it down too much. Don't think it should. No, I'm sure there's only like several thousand of you, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's totally good. Yeah, the, the whole name Ahsoka may narrow it down quite a bit. People might figure out who you are, but we'll uh, see. Yeah, totally. Actually, it might. Actually, knowing you, it could. There, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to spend too much time onto the cop stuff, but I wanted to kind of latch into the thing you were talking about earlier about. So you were in a bad relationship for a while and you weren't really getting the police service that you needed. And that kind of inspired you to get into law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. So I was married for six years and, you know, they never really start out bad, but it got progressively worse over time. And I was calling for help anytime there was a incident, I guess. And I was getting deputies that were saying, oh, um, you know, you can't call us because you're mad at your husband. Oh, this isn't a crime. You're married. Maybe you guys should just sleep in different rooms. Um, and I think the most irritating one of all was he had, like my ex-husband had stalked me and left the kids home alone and was just being generally weird. And the deputy was like, oh, well, like he's obviously being annoying, but all I'm getting is that I should probably lay off my girlfriend a little bit. And I was like, wow, like, am I legitimately crazy? So, you know, I got my way out. It took a really long time. I had to get my restraining order on my own and do the court stuff just entirely on my own because I didn't have good solid police reports. And I ended up moving to another jurisdiction and I had to file a restraining order violation. And that cop was just a godsend. Like he listened, he treated me with empathy. His report was phenomenally detailed. And that kind of lit the fire, I guess. Like it kind of fueled that desire to get into law enforcement. I think some people have probably taken the same path as yours, but it's you know, for like a lot of us, you know, I'm a cop because my dad was a cop. Were your parents in law enforcement or anything like that? Or <laughs> no. So my mom is a convicted felon. Uh, she did federal time for drug trafficking. And my stepdad was just in the Marines, but not in any kind of law enforcement capacity. Okay. So yeah, yeah. you definitely took a little different path than me. So that kind of gives a little introduction to you which is, it's not like really fair, but we have, you know, limited times and we yeah. want to talk about all, all the things with policing and parenting, because I think 
parenting is hard. It's like the hardest job you have. But then I think when you add in a stressful job too, I don't think that helps. And I'm not saying cops are the only people with stressful jobs, but I would say, I think- It comes with its own unique challenges. Absolutely. So we have a lot of stuff from like Facebook and Instagram I want to get to, but I wanted to start with a thing that I heard in the academy, which was really fucking weird at the time. And I'm curious if you heard a similar thing. When I started, the uh, one of the academy instructors was like, yeah, I didn't even tell my kids I was a cop. They just figured it out one day when they saw my uniform. Is that fucking weird or is that a good idea? Um, I think if they're really little, it's probably not a weird idea because you don't want your kid like going to preschool and being like, hey, everyone, my dad's a cop. But... I think if they're older, just like letting them figure it out because they see the uniform is kind of weird. Like, I feel like as a family, it should be part of the discussion, at least a little bit. They just don't need to know everything. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, because on one hand, I like this idea because he basically said like one day his kids in the car and I was like, hey, dad, are you a cop? And he's like, yeah, I am. And he didn't lie to her or anything. And I kind of like that that wasn't even part of their family life in a way but then in a sense it's like well then I don't know that just I I I guess I can't get down on that I'd be curious what other people think about that but I think that's kind of odd yeah I think that whole thing kind of reminds me of that um like that few series art in the Sopranos where the daughter's like hey dad are you in the mob and he's like uh well why do you think that and like you know he eventually comes around to it like I don't know that's what that reminds me of I think it's weird to have them be like hey what the hell that is a little weird and what's fucked up is i've actually never seen that okay so i just started i'm on season one i'm like 20 years behind the curve well hey i just watched breaking bad so i'm pretty i can't do it i can't get into it are you see that show is so good i've tried like two or three times and i cannot get through it it gets better the further it goes i'll (laughs) say that for sure that's what she said anyway So basically what I I addressed to the people on Instagram and on Facebook is that we were going to have this, this police parenting podcast. And I just threw some ideas out there about, you know, some things to discuss. And one of those was lessons you've learned being a parent and a cop, new parents looking for advice on managing a job and being a parent. And then people that are kids of cops, such as me and the experiences they've had, and then anything related. So before we talk about other people's things, are there any lessons you've learned being a parent and a cop? Um, time management is everything. And I know that's like very like out of the can advice, but if you don't have some kind of routine or some kind of way to manage your time, you're going to get eaten alive. It's tough. And I've mentioned to my kids that I've thought about going back to being a cop and the reaction I got a couple of days ago was no, like, why would you do that? We get to see you all the time now, which, right. I mean, at, like that's a normal thing in, in this world. And I'm not going to get into the, you know, should both parents work and all that shit? Cause we don't have time to solve that problem. But <laughs> as much as I, I do have like a lot of thoughts on that, but parents have to work. That's just like a thing. But I think in law enforcement, and I'm not saying other people don't work weird hours, but I feel like law enforcement, it's just the goofiest shit. And then 
you know, rotating shifts and court and all the other stuff that goes along with it and training hours and shit like that. That really took me back when my kids were like, no, we, you know, we like seeing you, which was nice that they liked me. I didn't realize they did. So that was pretty cool to find out. I feel like I didn't really manage it until I had been on like five or six years. Like the job became so important and becoming good at that, that I feel like I really, at least the beginning of my career, I really missed out on a lot of stuff uh, emotionally too. Not just like physically not being present, but like when I was there, I was just like cop mode all the time. Or thinking about cop stuff or, or being half asleep because I was on weird shifts, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, I, my kids are a little bit older, so they weren't little, little when I started doing this. Like my youngest is about to be six. So it wasn't like I had like a newborn at home or anything and trying to do the job. My kids were all fairly little. I think my oldest was four or five when I started. And then like I had my, you know, other ones as I started. So all they knew was me being a cop. So, so there's your lessons learned from me. I don't fucking know. I'm still figuring <laughs> it out. Um, and then we'll get into the new parents looking for advice on managing the job and being a parent. Um, uh, and then I guess since you're, your mom's a convicted felon, I guess you probably yeah. can't answer being a kid of a cop, which I think notoriously kids that their parents are like preachers and cops end up in trouble. I mean, maybe that's just from like folk songs, but I feel like that's true. Yeah. Like I just, I can't really speak to that, but. I mean, is that a perception you're aware of though? Yeah, I'm aware of it. Okay. So I was a piece of shit. And I didn't really, I wasn't like a huge piece of shit, but just like a minimal piece of shit. Like I would do a lot of dumb stuff, mostly like sixth to ninth grade. And then I kind of figured things out, but I feel like a lot of kids are that way. I I don't necessarily know that it's a cop thing, but I, I texted you the other day to tell you that I needed to talk about the poop story. Yes. The dog poop story, right? Yes. So here's the dog poop story. Oh no, I'm afraid. No, it's not that bad. So we all know about the, you put shit in a bag, you light it on fire and you ring somebody's doorbell. Yeah. Right. Okay. So growing up, one of the places my dad was a cop was a small town and we lived in that small town. And that was about the height of me being a hoodlum. And I had this really, I don't want to call him a bad friend. Um, God knows what happened to him, but he wasn't the greatest influence and we do some dumb shit and it was equal. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming him, but like everybody has that. friend, Right. (laughs) Yeah. And we decided that we were going to do that ding dong ditch thing and light a bag of poop on fire. And granted my dad was fucking working when this happened. Right. Like my fucking dad. And (laughs) Oh no. We, he's like, all right, light it. Before I have the lighter out of my pocket, he's already running, had already lit, like (laughs) already banged on the door. So I'm basically standing on the porch with a bag of shit. (laughs) And I, you know, I drop it and I run. And somehow the, you know, the three cops in town knew it was us and they were like immediately on us. And, you know, I ended up getting a littering ticket for that, (laughs) which, okay. So this was like late 90s when this happened. And I'm thinking about this now, like, me as in law enforcement, 
I would never in my fucking wildest dreams write a fucking kid a ticket for something stupid like that. That would be like a conversation, right? Yeah, no, that's definitely a conversation. I don't think that's ticket worthy because that's not going to get the point across. Yeah, so I think I probably just got a ticket because my dad was like told his buddies, write him a fucking ticket. (laughs) Which is weird because my parents paid for it because I was like, you know, 12 or 13 or whatever it was. So they make you work it off, though. Uh. I don't, it was a long time ago, man. I don't even remember what I had for lunch. <laughs> okay, fair. But I bring that story up for, to, it serves two purposes. The first purpose is they really came flying up for a, a minor call like that. B, kind of like I was a dumb kid. Like my dad was a cop and I did a bunch of dumb shit. So I think by virtue of you just being a cop, that doesn't mean your kids are going to be good. Is no, kind okay. of the, the moral of the story. I'm not saying and your now, kids are necessarily going to be bad, but. Oh, no, my youngest is a demon. Um, I actually know someone from CHP, so California Highway Patrol. Um, he, he only has two kids, and one of them found a neighborhood boy that he was going to play with. Um, they got rocks and smashed up someone's brand new Lexus just for the fun of it. And they were like nine at the time. And I was hearing the story and I was like, oh my God, like you're a cop. How are your children acting like this? But like one, I think I would murder them if it was my car, but I don't, I don't know why cop kids tend to act out like that. Yeah. I don't know why that's a thing. And my youngest brother didn't really, he was like a hermit. And then my middle brother just kind of like, he was, he got it. He did some dumb stuff more in high school. But it wasn't like, I think I got charged. He got more traffic crime type stuff. And I got more, I got charged with, almost got charged with something else, but we're not going to talk about that today. Oh, but, oh yeah. I'll tell you later. I'm not, I'm okay. not ready to tell this story on the podcast. It was pretty stupid. <laughs> okay. It's pretty epic, but it was stupid. Um, so I guess without further ado, because I think everything I want to talk about is kind of brought up by everybody else. And so I have to apologize. I got a lot of really good people sending messages and putting stuff on Facebook. So oh, good. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to everybody. We'll try though, because I think there's a lot of good information out here that I wanted to get out. Right. And some of it is, I don't want to say it's debatable, like it, different strokes for different folks. Right. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> what works for one kid and one family may not work for somebody else, but I, hopefully this, all this information gives you an idea or can be helpful. So Uh, This person writes in, not specifically LEO related, but the absolute best piece of parenting advice ever given to me was to give your kid a few minute warning before something was going to change, such as leaving a playground. Kids do not adapt to change well at all. I never had a problem with my daughter when it came time to leave somewhere because she knew it was coming. I feel sorry for the kids that are playing and they get no warning about the time they have to leave. What do you think about that? Um... So being that I have four kids, I have a broad spectrum of different personalities. Um, Three of them do not care if I tell them like, hey, 10 minutes, hey, five minutes, hey, one more minute. They'll just leave whenever. But I have one that, okay, granted, she has autism. So she's off in her own little la-la land. She needs a good hour warning before we leave the park. So some kids need it. Some kids don't. I wouldn't necessarily feel bad 
for a kid if they don't get a warning. But I mean, sometimes it's like, oh shit, we have to go do this. So can't always give a warning. Not the end of the world. Yeah, I think it's like good advice, but my kids, no, it it wouldn't matter. Like I could, I'd be like, hey guys, 10 more minutes. And they're like, what? Come on, 10 more minutes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 15 minutes. So that may work for somebody else. It doesn't work. I don't know. My kids are going to argue with me either way. So it don't matter. Oh, that drives me crazy. Oh, it does drive me nuts. And I think, you know, not to go too far into left field, but I, I think there's this thing where, and, and I'm stealing another friend's terminology, but, and it sounds harsh, but hear me out. Child worship. Like we worship children in this country. Yeah. Now, my dad used to say, children are seen, not heard. So we went from like that far spectrum to like this other far spectrum. And I wish we could find some balance because kids should be heard and seen and all, or and all that stuff. But also we shouldn't worship kids. Like, because if you, if you don't give kids any rule or structure and just let them do whatever the fuck they want, then they're going to be shitty adults. Not all the time, but a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. They need to have some kind of illusion that they have some like control over their life, even if it's not necessarily there, but they do not get to run the show ever. Ultimately, they are children, right? And as parents, it's your job is to raise them and nurture them. And, you know, it's okay every once in a while. I've, so I started doing this thing where I would let them, you know, make a decision. But, you know, when you give them two decisions that they don't like, it's still an issue, right? I'm, I'm painting my kids as being assholes. They're not. They're really <laughs> not. They're fine kids. Like, kids are going to be kids. They're little adults. Their brains are littler and they're adapting and learning how to be functioning adults in our society, which that's our job. Like we got to raise our kids to do it right. And like parenting is the fucking hardest thing on earth. Like I don't want anybody to listen to this podcast and be like, he really knows everything. Cause I fucking <laughs> don't, I really I don't. We're um, all just winging it. No one knows what they're doing. Yeah. And we've been raising children for thousands of years. So that just goes to show you like there's things that work for some people and then there's things that don't work for other people. So I think you have to definitely be adaptive to, I've got a lot of these and I don't want to spend too much time on them, but this is good. Kids are far more important than your career. I passed over various work opportunities in order to spend time with my kids, coaching school functions, family vacations, and our overall more, more time with them is 20 times more important whether or not you receive some special assignments or even promotions. And it goes on to say some other things. I, I agree with that. Like 110%. The, oh yeah. And I get it, man. Policing. And I've even said it like policing is a calling. What's the fucking point though. If all you are thinking about is being a cop and you're not spending time with your family. And you know, now that I've, been able to kind of step back like I feel like I actually know my kids now I've actually got to yeah, spend time with them I can relate to that I feel like when I was in the academy I was completely absent and then it got a little bit better once I was out and off doing my thing and I mean you know like my work situation now but I feel like I have a lot more time and I'm getting to see a lot more of their personalities and like the growth that they've made just like as people 
now that I've got a little bit of a breather and I'm not working myself to the bone. Yeah, absolutely. And look, part, part of life, you can't provide for them if you don't have an income. So, I mean, unfortunately, we all can't stay at home and do podcasts in our basement. Sorry, guys. Well, hell, <laughs> who knows how long I can live in the dream. But, yeah, live in the dream. Stir crazy is a real thing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I don't think human beings. Well, that's not fair. I think some people can do it. I, I, I have a hard time staying at home all day. It's not it's not my thing, man. But with that, I mean, I don't have a bad life or anything like that. But it you know, we all want to live in this like utopian well, we don't work and we can stay at home and do whatever we want. It doesn't work that way. Like, obviously you have to work and you're going to be gone 40 hours a week, but just make it that, you know what I mean? Don't, don't volunteer for 20 hours of OT just for the sake of doing OT and getting money or getting favors or getting a special assignment. It's not worth it. Yeah. And some people are definitely more career driven than others, but which is great. I mean, like you need hard chargers, but then at the end of the day, do you know your kids? Yeah. Like, you know? do you know who their best friends are? Do you know like what shows they like to watch right now? What's their favorite song? Cause their favorite song changes all the time. Like, My kids so listen to shitty things. music, so I won't even like, you know, <laughs> can't even get into so that. Mine. It's okay. I can relate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one is talking about a healthy work-life balance. I work graveyard shift and part of an honor guard unit. In addition to my normal duties, as a result, I'm pulled multiple directions at all hours during the week. I love what I do for a living, though, and I try to express that to my kid. Any bad days you have, and you will have bad days, find a healthy way to vent. Don't lose your cool in front of your kids. But that family road trip might be the best way to release stress from work while spending time with the kids. Yep. Yeah, that don't lose your cool in front of the kids thing. That's hard, though. It is hard. And I'm not advocating screaming and yelling and losing your shit in front of the kids. And here I'll, I'll admit something to the millions of people that listen to the podcast. Um, in October last year, my car broke down and I got stuck in the middle of nowhere. Well, we got stuck in the middle of nowhere and I fucking lost my shit. It was a bad deal all around. And I had a conversation with my kids. I said, Hey, look, you know, it wasn't your fault. You know, car broke down or anything like that. And, you know, I shouldn't have lost my cool, but, I'm a human being and you know, this, all this stuff was happening and I, I got stressed and this happens. That's a normal human emotion to, to get upset or frustrated over shit. I'm not, you know, that shouldn't be like an everyday thing. And obviously like that's for kids. That's not like, that's scary. Right. But I don't think you can, ex- I think we've had a lot of problems in our, our society because we're like so afraid to show emotion. And I'm, obviously it's a balance too, but I, I don't, I think losing your cool every once in a while is just going to happen, but you should definitely avoid it if that makes any sense. Well, losing your cool is going to happen, but you need to stay in control of it. You can't just completely fly off the handle in front of your kids. Like that's not healthy, but you can vent. You can like, I yell sometimes like it's just part of it, but you have to stay in control of it and kind of monitor yourself even when you're like blowing off the steam like kids are sensitive they're going to remember like those massive blow-ups if they feel like it's totally out of nowhere so just try to mellow yourself while you're doing it but it is what it is yeah and I think that I don't know I think it shows kids in a way that it's normal to be upset because I think 
and I think everybody's guilty of it where like we tell kids well, like why are you crying don't be upset they're a fucking yeah. kid like and I, I forget that sometimes too like you know and I think it's especially when you have like older ones and then you have like a littler one that you know when you look at them all they're all kind of like the same right like the same age but then you have to think okay this kid's 12 this kid's seven they're yeah. way different emotional points in their life so you know, my 12 year old crying over something stupid, like I might get into him a little bit because he's, you know, almost a teenager, but my seven year old, he's fucking seven that you have to kind of take all that stuff into account too. My eight year old had a huge meltdown yesterday because she lost her stuffed raccoon and she's eight, lost her mind. So oh, I would too over a stuffed yeah. raccoon. Seriously, yeah, like, I'm Duncan. sure that's super important to yeah. her, right? Bolo, Bolo. Um, that thing is super important to her. Like we were looking everywhere for it. Crisis averted though. He was found. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. That's good to hear. Lots of things missing lately. Oh, um, yeah. That was an adventure. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, this is a good one. I want to get to a big lesson that I've seen on a lots of calls. The parents don't discipline their kids and therefore their kids run all over them. Once they get fed up, they call us to parent their kids, which we've all been to that call. Uh, my favorite piece of advice is sometimes they need an old-fashioned ass whooping. Amen to that. I So I don't really need to spank my kids very often anymore. And, you know, I'll let little things slide, but they absolutely do not run the show. They are not in charge of me. They're not going to talk back to me. They're not going to argue with me about things because they can have their opinions and we can talk about it, but I am the parent. I am never going to be one of those people that needs the police to come to parent for me. Like you're just a shitty parent if that comes up. Yeah, I don't, I can't think of a time ever where you should call the cops because your kid is out of control. I mean, with the exception of like some mental illness type stuff and yeah, but, but even like then, I, I feel like that's still something you should be managing with like a mental health professional. But obviously, there, you know, there's always that situation. But I'm personally like corporal punishment. I don't have an issue with it. I think some, you know, I think kids need spanked, but some kids don't respond to it. You know, that doesn't work for them or, yeah. or whatever, whatever it may be. But, you know, I, I think and this is like that, like a boomer thing, right? Like all oh, these kids these days, they don't know how to act. <laughs> I don't know if they do, man. Like I got whooped a couple times and that was it because I never needed it again uh, until I was like a preteen. Then I probably needed it based on some of my <laughs> adventures. But um, yeah, but the, I think what happens though, is it like, you know, again, there's no balance. So, you know, instead of people spanking their kids, you know, you, you're, you know, they're bringing out like the, the belts and the paddles which okay okay but then you know like like throwing kids through walls or slapping them hard and like you know leaving injuries right which you know it's always somebody takes things too far um that's not losing your cool and not keeping yourself under control that's not punishment that's just you flying off the handle which i'd be curious if are there states where you can't even spank your kids anymore? Oh, probably California. So Colorado is basically, it's really funny. Like I remember going to a call with uh, an FTO where basically my FTO was like telling this lady, just whoop your kid. Don't leave any marks. 
you know, shit like that, which the, you know, basically the, like the, the, and I wish I had the statute in front of me. I'm not going to dig up Colorado revised statute right now, but basically the understanding was, well, if you don't leave any marks, you're fine. It's really not what statute said, but I mean, like it's a, a it's a good rule of thumb. I mean, I don't advocate beating the shit out of your parents and I, or your parents, I don't advocate beating <laughs> the shit out of your kids, but I, I think every once in a while you need a little whooping, man. I mean, nobody, but then there's a whole, you know, my wife, every time, you know, I bring that up, she said, well, there's all these studies that say it's actually detrimental and things like that. And it's, I don't know. It's kind of in the eye of the beholder, right? Cause people can manipulate numbers and stats any way they want. Me personally, I think a spanking if somebody's out of line is not the worst thing that's ever going to happen to them. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I think I was spanked like three or four times total as a kid. And it was because I was doing shit I absolutely should not have been doing, like walking out in the street without an adult. And God, what was it? Oh, my Nana was having a yard sale and I stripped naked in front of a group of strangers. Um, So good times, good times. You were 17 Uh, though. Yeah, I was just 17. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, kids these days. Not awkward at all. Okay, so uh, let's see. Talked about using your time, which is good. This is really good advice. I like this a lot. Best advice is not to be that dickhead cop dad. Don't talk about it at their school functions. Don't try and act hard. Don't wear stupid sheepdog stuff. Being a father is number one. <laughs> Being a cop is basically last place uh, as far as my cares and concerns as it relates to my family. I'm not bringing stress home and having a pity party for myself. And if you say I fight what you fear, I hope your kid changes to your wife's last name <laughs> or to your wife's maiden name. Fuck yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. No. I do want to talk Whoever about. You are, I love you. Yeah, he's a good he's a good man. Longtime follower of the page. I may be accused every once in a while of, of being cool dad. Like I'm definitely a lot different parent than my dad. Like my dad, uh, this is awkward because you might listen to this, but <laughs> my dad was just like very like square, I guess. Not to say he wasn't ever fun, but I just I feel like I try and have a little bit more fun with my kids. And yeah. like, I try to like have real conversations with them. I think that's, I think you can have a real conversation and be real and genuine without like, I'm totally subscribed to the whole, your parent before you're their friend. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, totally. But that doesn't mean you cannot be their friend also, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I am not the cool mom. I am the embarrassing mom. But anytime I do, (laughs) anytime I do school functions at the kids' school, this is probably going to narrow it down a little bit. Um, I live in a neighborhood and my kids go to a school where a high percentage, I would say, of the kids are from law enforcement families and will go to school functions and they're wearing like blue line Punisher hoodies or like their blue line hats and like their bracelets and stuff. And it's like, okay cop dad what are you doing here get out you don't need to that's too much it's cringy it's like i see that and i'm like oh no by the way a uh, guest appearance by my cat stan who's taking a shit right now thanks Stan. Stan. yeah thanks buddy it's been a while it's been a long time 
Um, we're gonna head over the Instagram questions here. And then just by the way, if uh you're like running up like you gotta go, like we need like a code word or something, and I'll I'll get you right here. Pineapple. Pineapple. All right. Did you ever watch Scrubs? Yeah. Banana hammock. (laughs) All right, banana hammock. We use that. Okay. I like it. This guy writes in about like a story he had basically. Okay. So about parenting in the job. Sorry, I'm like scrolling through stuff. I thought this would be a lot easier. So he basically wrote in and said, funny story, dude that started out about a year before me, super nice guy, but never did shit. Well, he's a captain and I'm still on the street. Last year, he asked me for Christmas what I was going to do. And I said, well, I'm working as usual. And he's like, come on. I miss my daughter's first two Christmases. I said, my son is 13 and I had one where I was home the whole holiday. And that was because my dad passed away that month. Oh, that sucks, man. That sucks. And I mean, I could really get into my admin bashing on this one, but yeah, that is, that's super shitty, man. And that just kind of goes to show like the weird hours and, you know, not getting holidays off and missing events. Like you got to take advantage of the time you have. So yeah, it's, I hate missing things, but like, that's going to be part of the job. But on the flip side, to be fair, to be fair, there we go. I just wanted to hear you say it. Um, I am at an agency where if there's something really important coming up, my lieutenant or my sergeant's going to cover for me. That's awesome, though. I mean, that's cool that they would take care of you. So this one's a little intense. So I think this is a good one to get into. So this comes from a child of a cop. So. To pre- and this is long, so I apologize, uh, but it's important. To preface, I love my dad more than anything, but it was crazy rough growing up with a dad who was also a cop in a major city. He had bad coping mechanisms, drinking and smoking, so obviously that caused a bit of chaos growing up. He'd miss concerts and sports games and things because he was working or working out details to make enough money to make sure we had enough money to participate in sports and concerts and stuff. I can really empathize with this person writing in because my dad worked a fuckload of off duty so we could do shit. And I never saw him like hardly ever saw him at, you know, baseball games and shit like that. Yeah. They go on to write as an adult. I totally get it. As a kid, I was devastated not to see him at games and Christmas concerts and such. And then watch him fall asleep when we'd watch the recordings after because he was so tired. But as a five-year-old, I didn't get it. And then, or the trauma when he'd work a child rape or murder And he wouldn't be able to look at me and my sister because he didn't want to associate us with the murder and rape. Oh, yeah. Which I get that too. I've I've talked about it on podcasts where I went to the death of a nine-year-old and I had little kids at that time. And I I see that sometimes, right? And it freaking freaks me out. Um, I know he had pretty horrific nightmares and my sister and I would be petrified to wake him up when we were kids because he oftentimes would wake up. Um, in not a good mood and it wasn't best not to be in the crosshairs and obviously the guilt of that would weigh on him too i went into therapy when i was eight or nine because i was having brutal night terrors of my house catching fire and burning it alive and also to be during the time he was helping to put away a serial killer and i heard a lot of the conversations and internalized the fear of that oh so um and then on top of that worrying that he wouldn't be coming home because he was dead which that's uh that's a thing unfortunately in law enforcement which uh you know that's a that's a possibility yeah um 
my kids will check on me every now and then. Like my almost 12 year old has a cell phone and he'll text me like, hey mom, like, are you wearing your best? Like, hey, are you doing okay? Haven't heard from you in a few hours. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry that like you're at this age and you're even having to check up on me. Like, I hate that that's the reality of it, you know? Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, now looking back on it, like, I think my wife probably texted me a lot just probably to check up on me, which I, I, you know, at the time I was just like, oh, you know, whatever's going on at home. But the more I think about it, I mean, it was sure probably like a coping mechanism on her, on her, where she's just like, well, I got to check on him every so often, make sure things are okay. And I think, you know, I've been there off duty where, you know, you, a news story hits, you know, Instagram or Facebook, and it's something about your jurisdiction and, you know, something happened to a cop and, you know, you start texting your buddies and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and, you know. Oh, yeah. All right. Fuck it. So my area, like I'm sure you know, has had a pretty substantial loss over the last few years, like five to 10 years. Yeah. Um, and it's like damn near constant every summer, sometimes twice a year. There's and end of watch. And every time it starts hitting the news, like people just pick up their phones and they start texting. They're like, hey, is it you? Hey, is it you? Do you know who it is? Do you know who it is? And it like creates this frenzy almost. Oh, yeah. Because it's so common. It's like one of the most difficult things, I think, at least for me. Like, oh, man, like my voice is shaking. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And you know, like I'd have friends on the outside, like whenever something happened, sometimes I wouldn't even know something was going on until, you know, people from my hockey team or whatever, or, you know, hitting me up on messenger. Hey, I hope you're okay. And then you like read and you're like, Oh fuck. So yeah, yeah it's shitty, man. Yeah. It's just, but remember, but remember it's no dangerous than being a pizza pizza driver or yeah. Incredibly yeah, dangerous. Totally the same job. All right, let's uh, move on to happier stuff. Not really happy yeah. stuff, but uh, this guy has some advice. Being a parent, especially of a toddler, it's incredibly like being a cop. Oh, buddy. I tell my <laughs> wife all the time, first you ask someone to do something. It's a path of least resistance. Works the majority of the time. Take another bite, please. <laughs> or you can <laughs> turn your hands. Uh, and then he says, or you can uh, turn around, put your hands behind your back for me. If that doesn't work, then you escalate to tell someone to do something. If met with resistance to asking, flexing the authority a bit can usually get a generally non-compliant to do it. Example, <laughs> clean up your toys, toddler, or sir, step out of the car. Lastly, if option two or one don't work, you elevate to the last level of making them do something, yelling at the toddler or use of force. <laughs> Ask, tell, make has been my philosophy on the job with a three-year-old and at work. So... Um, oh, my sweet summer child. Oh, buddy. Oh, honey, no. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. He's three, pal. Yeah, hang hang in there, buddy. Get back to me in a couple of years. Yeah, see how that works out for you. Now, toddlers are their <laughs> own fucking animal. I mean, like, my, my youngest is 18 months, and he's, like, he's just, like, an incredibly dangerous little kid, and he's always doing, like, wild shit. Like, I feel like I always <laughs> have to be, like, preventing him from, like, self-harm. Yeah. Like my other kids never did the outlet thing. This kid's all about the outlets. Little kids, like they just don't have the same mental understanding as like adults. And I'm not, 
I think it's good to kind of get like a, the young. It's easier to this is going to sound fucked up, but it's easier to train a little kid. So I yeah. So I see where this guy is coming from because if you don't have control of your kids when they're little, then once they get big, you got nothing. Like you have no control over them. Like you have to start early, but uh, that's oversimplified. You have to start early, but I honestly think it's that like three to five or six year old range where that discipline is really critical and it's going to be totally different. And you're just going to have to experiment to see what works at that point, because that's when they're really like experimenting and trying things and seeing how far they can push you and how much they can do things to like get their way before you push back. It's that like three to five or six year old range. That's like the big deal for discipline. Yeah. And I think now his kid asked tell make that may work for him. Mm-hmm. And if it does fucking good for you, buddy. Yeah. But. Okay. So little caveat, like it's easier with older children, I think, because you're not also wrangling other children and they're not really copying another asshole kid. I would say that the hardest part of my parenting life is that all of my kids are at different developmental ages. Yeah. And they all see, like, they're not stupid. Like, they notice when I do something different or with another kid or whatever. And if they perceive that it's not as harsh or softer, they're like, well, what the heck? You know, like, so-and-so does this or, you know what I mean? Like, and I found that you can't give them all the same treatment. Yeah, you can't because they don't be understand totally equal. it. Yeah, they don't understand it and they start expecting like one specific thing. And it's not always going to be equal. Like whatever they've done that requires discipline is going to vary. You know, what did they do? How old are they? How many times has this happened? How often is this problem arising? Like there's no like total equality on that. Yeah. No, and it's kind of interesting. All these things that we're talking about kind of parallels to law enforcement, right? Right. Where, you know, you can't, you can't play the same tune. Every person you contact, it's not going to work. It's like that. What is yeah, it? It's... Letter of the law, spirit of the law. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Okay. So this guy wrote in, he's a younger guy, but he's uh, like, he wants to be fourth generation law enforcement. So, but he wrote in about his dad. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing I went through with my dad was he always brought home the struggles with him, whether it was a shitty call or struggles with admin. Sometimes this is the big thing I want to talk about. Sometimes if me or my siblings messed up, he would talk to us as if he was talking to a person on a call. And that's hard on a kid because we don't understand what their brain goes through at that age. That it, like, if I get that through to like anybody and maybe they don't even realize they do that, like you cannot treat your kids like you treat somebody on the street. Whatever your kids did is not like a high risk stop or, you know, or like an interrogation or, or whatever. Like you cannot, it's like a different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <sighs> that, I mean, I, I feel for him because. I don't know that my dad ever did that. Like I felt like there were times where my dad was kind of a dick about stuff. He didn't want to, that he shouldn't have been a dick about, but that's like every parent, right? Yeah. Like that's how every kid feels about their parent is that like their mom or dad was an asshole. And I, I talked about this, like 
in another podcast is like, you know, we have this whole law enforcement bubble. Like we think things are just unique to us. And I think everybody goes through a phase. They don't like their parents. Right. Oh yeah. Like I'm 30 and I don't like my parents. Like we go in phases. It still happens. Yeah. Like I like, you know, I like my parents, but it's weird. At least for me, I I feel like as I've gotten older, my dad's way cooler than he used to be. You know what I mean? I also like, understand like a lot of things that my mom did when I was younger. I'm like, oh yeah, like I totally get this now. And sometimes I'm like, oh wow, like that is pretty cool, you know? Yeah, I think like, when I was a kid, I was like, God damn, what's your problem? Well, we're gonna get into this later, but so basically somebody had like some questions. Actually, you know what? I want to find it because it was really good and I don't want to. I don't want to bullshit it. I don't think it's too far away from here. Okay. So this isn't the one I was looking for, but you would be the expert on this one. Okay. So um, they put, I know you're not a chick, but little did they know that you were going to be on the podcast, but how do the girls on the job actually have kids? Obviously you don't get knocked up on day one, but at my PD, it's kind of looked down upon. And I know you had all your kids before you were a cop, but so they're right. asking, you know, should you wait until you have some some seniority, have them at least five years apart? Seems like your career takes a hit uh, and the girls get held up even when they've got time on. Do you have any thoughts or opinions or have you seen that? So I have seen that. Um, there are females that I know that are in their 40s and have one kid because they felt like they couldn't have them because that's just kind of how the culture was at their department. But I also know a female officer that works nearby that has two boys under four, I think. So she had them really close together and she's still an FTO. She's out on the job she's not being held back. So a lot of it's gonna depend on your agency but my recommendation on that would be get off of probation first, like finish your FTO, get your time on the road, get off probation. So you're like fully fledged, sworn in, not going anywhere. And then look at planning your family. Like don't use it as a, oh, yesterday was my day. I'm off probation. Let me go get knocked up now. Like don't use it quite like that, but make sure you're like confident in your job. That way, once you have kids, you're still confident in yourself to get back out on the road. Yeah, I think it can be tough. And I'm, I'm speaking as a dude, so I have no idea. But I'm just, I could see it being tough that, you know, you go through, you go through training, you have a little time under your belt. And then depending on the department, I think some places, once I find out you're prego, you're off the road, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty common. I think, I think the there's somewhere years. they'll let you go a little bit, but I don't think that's a thing anymore. Some places will let you go your first trimester before pulling you, but I'm not super familiar with that because it's been so long since I had a kid. I gotcha. I guess pragmatically, you would probably, you know, I think your advice is very sound. I mean, shit happens too sometimes too. Like you got to kind of roll with the punches, but yeah, I, it does kind of like it sucks. Like they were, you know, talking about spacing them out or whatever. Like I would say, fuck them. Have your kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I I like the you know get through training and make sure you're confident. And so you know when you come back, it's not a big deal. But you know if you're gonna have kids, have kids. You know, but also you know if the career is what you want and that's more important than having kids, and you know the career is important because 
I don't think everybody should have kids. Yeah, not everybody should be a parent. No, and that's not like a knock on them. And I don't, if people don't want to be parents, they shouldn't be parents. And I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to talk about the big A word because yeah, that's not what no. we're going to do here. But nope. yeah, I just, it's, I feel for the ladies because I mean, like a dude, you, you know, you get pregnant, you know, it's like a high five and a cigar and you're back to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you had sex. Good for no, you. We'll take this call. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So here's what I really wanted to get to on the parenting episode, because this is some good shit. What have you, t- there's two part question. What have you told your kids about guns? Uh, and what age as cops frequently have guns around the house? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't just have like a bunch of guns lying around my house. Yeah, no, I don't leave them laying around. And I only have three. I have a shotgun and have a Glock 17 and a Glock 43. But I think when my kid, like my youngest was three at the time, like I really started showing them like unloaded, obviously like, hey, like this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Like, I don't want it to be like some super top secret thing, but I also don't leave it where they have access to it. Like if they want to see it, like I'll bring it out, like I'll unload it, I'll strip it down. I'll show them how it goes together, like how it works, how it functions. But I think it's pretty irresponsible to just have them like strewn throughout the house. Some people, and I'm not, you know, what works for other people works, you know, for them, but I'm not my kids are young enough that I'm not like, I know some people that leave loaded guns around the house and you know, they, I, I tell my kids about guns and they're not going to play with them. Okay. I, I, I think that's kind of a recipe for disaster because kids are curious no matter how well-trained they are, so to speak, my guns, I keep them locked up, you know, granted I live in a cornfield now, there's not as many threats, but <laughs> um, if I need it, I can get to it, you know, pretty quickly. They got to get through these fists first, but yeah like out here is a little bit differently. I'm not like super worried about it, but you know, my kids, I've never let like made it. I think if you make it like the, you know, the the forbidden fruit, then they're more likely to go fuck with it. You know, I've shown them my guns and my shotgun and, you know, stuff. And it's not a big deal. We just, you know, we started shooting BB guns this summer and doing that. So, you know, and I made them, you know, we're following all the gun safety rules. And if they were fucking around, they were done shooting kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. like it just can't be a secret. Don't make it something that's like hidden away taboo that they can't ask about or look at or even touch, but you have to teach them that you need to be there with them if they're going to touch it. Yeah. I think that's a perfect approach to that is not to make it taboo and just, it's like, it's you a tool. Know how, I, would... I was going to say like, if you have candy in a candy jar and the kid wants it and you're like, no, you can't have this. You like stick that shit up in a cabinet and you walk away, what do you think your kid is going to do? Like the little ones, they're going to climb up there and they're going to get candy. Like don't make it some forbidden thing that they have no access to. Like they can't have free reign with it. But if they're like, Hey, like, how does this work? What does this look like? What do I do? If I see this, talk to them about it. It's not hard. And it's probably a really good preventative measure for issues down the road. If it's just not like some super elusive thing, you know? Yeah. And I think like everything on this pot, it seems like this always comes up, but balance, right? Like, I think there's people that are very pro gun, which is I'm pro gun, but I think people can be honestly reckless about how they keep their guns. 
And then you have other people where they're, you know, they're even as cops, like they're anti-gun and they're like afraid of them and like that they're going to go off on their own, like Alec Baldwin. And you don't, you have like, <laughs> but he the, didn't pull the trigger. Like he didn't pull the, I didn't even like listen to the interview. Cause I'm like, I, I don't have time for this, but fucking phenomenal. What a fucking douchebag. Anyway, <laughs> the second part of their question was restrictions on screen time, candy, all that good stuff. What do you think about that stuff? Bullshit. You know what? Sometimes I'm so tired and I'm like, hey guys, eat your dinner and take your iPads and just go hang out like in the family room downstairs. Like I need quiet time. My kids probably get like double what's recommended on screen time, but I also need to maintain my sanity and we still have a great family time. Like we talk all the time, we play together, but God damn, sometimes just take your iPad and go like, you know, Oh yeah. No. And I think some people are like, going to be like, Oh, Oh my God, iPod and Coco melon are the devil, but <laughs> Coco melon is Coco melon is the devil, but except for miss Appleberry. But anyway, yeah. Good old miss Appleberry. Good old miss Appleberry. I've never done that wrong. <laughs> but, uh, if you know, you know, but anyway, here's my thing on restrictions. When I was a kid, you know, when I got soda hmm. Thanksgiving, that's it. That's it. Who's what? addicted to soda and drinks soda way too much? Your parents? Has two thumbs. This guy, second scrub. <laughs> I'm not blaming my parents for my soda addiction, but it's like the forbidden fruit, right? Like, yep. as soon as I fucking turned 18 and had my own money, first fucking thing I did is got all the shit my parents wouldn't let me have. Oh, yeah. Um, that was me with movies. Like, my mom was weirdly like strict about things and wouldn't let me watch happy Gilmore. So I went to my best friend's house for a sleepover and guess what we watched happy Gilmore. Do you want to hear about how I got into Metallica? Yeah. My mom, I wanted to listen to Metallica. I don't remember when like, and my mom was like, no, that's devil music. Oh God. Okay. Metallica. Right now, by the way, now I listen to ghost by the way, but anyway, <laughs> so Metallica couldn't listen to it. My mom went on a road trip and she came back with Metallica S&M, which was their album with the symphony. And she's like, yeah. Oh, I found this and it's really cool. It has a symphony and this band in it. And I look at it. I'm like, it's fucking Metallica. <laughs> and so then I could listen to it. And that's, you know, that started a whole thing. So I think being overly, like, obviously I'm not like, you know, my kid wants to watch Henta. I'm not going to let him watch that, but. Oh yeah, no, no. But. With that said, like, I think there's obviously a balance and the kids can't be on the screen all the time. But if, you know, I have something to do or like I need help with something, like if I need the kids to help watch my, you know, my youngest one so I can go do something for a little bit. Hey, will you sit with him and watch the TV or whatever and keep him happy? Like just so yeah. it's easier for them to babysit. So you don't um, let him bring the house down. Yeah. Here's so the TV. Yeah. Sometimes as parents, you got to take advantage of what's there. Like, I think arguments can be made that kids are like addicted to screens and can't communicate with each other. But that happened well before us. It's somebody else's fault. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Let's blame somebody else for that. No, I think there's a balance for sure. But I, I think putting like crazy restrictions on shit, like doesn't help. And I, I guess another analogy I'll use is I have a friend, I won't dime him out, but when I first met him, his kids were a little younger and you know, I brought up that oh, my kids are acting like, you know, pricks or whatever. 
yeah, I call my kids pricks. They're being pricks. And yep, it happens. Yeah, it happens. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, I've never had any trouble with my kids. And I've never had to spank them uh-huh. or raise my voice at them or anything like that. And I'm like, come on, dude. So I don't know what the hell he was doing at home. But the moment they turned 18, they were fucking out of control. <laughs> so that just kind of goes to show like there's not like a perfect we're ruining we're all ruining our kids somehow um it's just the level of therapy they're gonna need down the road yeah i think that's fair yeah we're because we're not like none of us are perfect as parents like i'm sure some of you guys listening to this podcast are fucking screaming at the radio like you guys are fucking idiots we're maybe we are with some stuff i don't know parenting like there's not a manual to parenting because it it changes, right? Like what works for some people doesn't work for others. And somebody's going to send me a message like, Oh, well, I read this book by Dr. Susan Sarandon. I know she's an actress, but, (laughs) and you know, it has all this great information. That's fucking great. And I may look at it and maybe I'll adopt some of that stuff. I have friends, you know, they tell me about their parenting stuff. And I'm like, you guys are fucking assholes to your kids. That's like way too much. But then other friends that are super on board with those like particular like parenting methods are insane to me. Like if you dedicate your entire time as a parent to following like whatever hippie doodah method is like popular right now, like you're just not being a good parent. Like you're trying to fit your kid into a little box because someone else says that it's okay in their book. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So this guy, um, he comes with us with patience and empathy, meet people and your own child on their level before moving forward. My way or the highway has its place, but if you can be a little flexible, you're often going to get what you want from a confrontation. Cheers to you, sir. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, he's not wrong at all. No. And look, you can handle something perfect, quote unquote, perfectly as a parent, and it may not go like your way at all, or like what worked one time isn't going to work again. And I guess I have to say this just to get it out there. You can be a good parent and you're kids might suck as adults yeah you can do as and i think that's kind of our job like i feel like that's my main purpose on this planet now right is i gotta do my best to make sure my kids have the best chance okay so this is awkward but my guest had to leave suddenly so we're gonna continue on with the podcast there's a few more things i wanted to get to and talk about so i guess you're just stuck with me for a little bit so thanks to ahsoka tano for coming out and uh being on the podcast for a little bit so Where we left off with her is we were talking about patience and empathy. The next person that wrote in put, I may or may not frequently use light, parentheses, control tactics to subdue a toddler when resisting change of clothes. Kids are fucking hard to change. And if you don't have kids, and and some kids are different, but like my kid right now, he's like out of control to change diapers. So what I do, turn on Cocoa Melon, Sweet Miss Appleberry's up there. And he kind of calms down a little bit, and that usually gets his attention where I can, you know, change his diaper without him trying to fling monkey poo at me. person writes in, being a good cop and being a good parent require the same life skills, effort, patience, creative problem solving, and the ability to learn from your mistakes. 100%. 100%. Like, you're going to do things as a parent that you're you're wrong. You make a mistake. It is what it is. I mean, just don't. It's like that thing in FTO where you keep kind of like snowballing mistakes. Like, don't get in your own head. Like, as a parent, you're going to fuck up. You're going to do something wrong. Just be honest with yourself and move forward. Okay, so advice for parents on balancing the job and being a parent. 
Adults are very complicated. Small children are not. They love you and they're easily amused. Even if it's a day where you're headed to work and short on time, a few minutes of playing with them, even tossing them up in the air and catching them repeatedly, kids will love that and their cup will be full for a while. Small things can go a long way. Make sure people know, too, the hardest time in your marriage is when your kids are under five. You're busy, they're busy, your spouse is busy. Do your best to prioritize one-on-one time with your spouse and other separate family events. When shit is hard, it's easiest to blame the other adult around. More often than not, they really aren't the problem, and they're just the easy one to blame. This guy deserves a fucking medal, because he's like right on the money with this. And I know this is a parenting episode, but oftentimes, especially me that has a weak pullout game and I have a bunch of kids, you don't get to spend time with your wife. I mean, I feel like the longest amount of time I've spent with her in a long time was when we did this podcast down here a couple months ago. And it's hard, you know, she's working, I'm doing my thing and watching the kids and and doing this and that. And even, you know, when I was a cop back home in Colorado, you know, I was working all the time and I'd see in the evenings for a little bit. Finding that time with your spouse is very important to make sure you guys are all on the same page. So good on you, buddy. That was a, a good message you wrote in there. Ooh, somebody sent me a picture of a Crown Vic. She's beautiful. Okay, so let's get to some of the stuff on Instagram. This feels like the first episode all over again. I'm here talking to myself. I feel like I'm a little better than before, though. That first one was bad. I appreciate you guys sticking it out. Okay, so the stuff that's coming out of Instagram is a little shorter questions. I may have some longer answers for you. So this guy writes in, how do you explain your job to your toddler? I don't know that you do. And and I wish I had somebody to bounce this off of. But, you know, I guess uh, if... You have a little inquisitive mind. You might give them a, you know, a little bit of information, but just be, you know, keep it simplistic. You know, don't, I wouldn't start out with like the, oh yeah, I go arrest bad guys and I'm the sheep dog at night kind of thing. I Keep it simple. Like, you know, I help people or whatever, but yeah, he's a toddler. He'll be satisfied. Just, you know, give him like uh you know, a match or something. He'll be fine. But no, seriously, I, I think a toddler, I probably wouldn't go into too much detail. I like what this next guy has to say. My experience has been the light and the fuck up. I've been the disciplinarian, but now I'm chill. I I kind of subscribe to that a little bit. Like we talked earlier about I'm okay with corporal punishment and spankings and things like that, but <laughs> it's like uh, you know, your levels of different uses of force. Your use of force continuing continuum. Your use of force continuum. So it's like your parenting continuum. I think spanking should be there in your continuum as like a tool in the two belt, but I think you can be reasonable with kids and for them not to grow up to be assholes. So this guy writes in like the ultimate cop thing. My daughters know I need to sit with my back to the wall. The tale as old as time. I'm glad they know. This one is a little hyperbole, but it's kind of true. Kiss them before going to work. And once you return, you never know when it'll be the last time. I think that goes with everything, not just, going to work. I mean, we found out on the last podcast that you're more likely to get in a car accident than you are to be homicided. So yes, I said homicided. So look, man, we're here for a very short amount of time. Be good to the people you love and let them know that you love them. I I don't think there's any more than that that I can say, you know, don't make it 
don't make it just like special occasions you say that. Like say that shit all the time so people know. Because people wonder sometimes. I like this one. We kind of went over this again, but I, I think it's worth saying. Give your family more patience than the individuals on the street. Look, the folks on the street that we deal with a lot of time, we, I know I'm not a cop anymore, but those people, they're, you're playing the game, right? They're, they're lying to you for stupid reasons or for good reasons for them. I don't know. But the, your, your kids, if they fuck up or do something, they're not, they're not shit bags on the street. They're your kids. So lighten up on them. I agree with you, pal. That's good advice. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, but be cranky at work and patient at home. I would say you could be patient at, at work too, pal. You don't have to be cranky anywhere, but I suppose don't be cranky at home. So the next person wrote in, they have a two-year-old and four-year-old, and they're both cop parents. Trying to sink quality time is the hardest. It is hard, and I hate being this guy, but you got to make time. You got to make time, and it's tough, but just... Think about, I mean, think about why you do anything. You know, what's your why? Your why probably should have to do something with your family if you got kids and a wife and all that stuff. And I hate to sound like the BJJ guys who I like to pick on, but, you know, make time for your family. Don't make time to drive to the gym 100 miles away, but make time for your family, absolutely. And I know that's super easier said than done, right? Because you guys may be on different shifts or doing different things, and I get it. I mean... We make fun of people that promote. Some people promote so they can see their family more. They should be taking care of the beat cops too, but fuck, man, that's sort of an honorable thing, right? Promote so they can see their kids more. I mean, look at a lot of people go to SRO. We make fun of them. You got kids? You're an SRO? It's fucking perfect. You're gone the same time that they're gone. Shit like that. I mean, you have to, you got to think about what you want in your career and what you want with your family life, so... This one's really good, and I think it's definitely worth bringing up. Your kids will idolize you, so don't be a dick and hang out with them as much as possible. Find time to play catch. Find time to wrestle. Find Like the other guy said, throw them up in the air and hang out. Like That's that's the memories you want your, your kids to have of you, right? Not you being an asshole. So, I mean, you're going to have to be an asshole sometime. You are a parent. And uh, you got to set the ground rules because you don't want to have shitty adults, but don't be a dick. Okay, so this is totally unrelated, but somebody wrote in asking, is thick with three C's or two Q's? Three C's, that would be my definition, but whatever makes you happy, buddy. Uh, This guy writes in that his dad has been a cop for 21 years. I get away with nothing. He sees all. Yeah. I don't think I got away with much shit when I was younger. And I think the shit that I thought I got away with, my dad let go as I found out later in life having conversations about it. So, but is that a parent thing or is that a cop parent thing? Only God knows. So the next guy writes in looking for help. I'm in phase one of FTO with a seven month old daughter. Anything will help. Hey dude, remember your why, man. Find time. And little like babies are tough because you know, they're, pretty much just kind of lay there and shit and puke and piss and that's kind of all they do but you know try and be there for those big moments because i'm lucky i you know i had this kid later in life because a lot of shit that i'm seeing now staying home i did not experience with my older kids so and i feel like i'm kind of a broken record here but you know just find the time to be home and spend those moments with her because kids are only little once and then they grow up 
and to adults. And not to sound like corny, man, but fucking kids are fun, dude. Like really all the ages are fun. Like my, my oldest is 12 and like seeing him kind of, you know, mature into like a young man, man, that sounds corny, but seeing him, you know, and like my nine year old daughter and like, you know, she's so mature, but she's like this little girl still. And, and it's just, it's fucking cool to see that shit, man. And to see them grow up. So, and fuck man, it, you know, that Kenny Chisney song, we've talked about it before on this podcast. Don't fucking blink, man. Next question is why are kids disgusting? They are fucking gross. And if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. And if you have a fucking minivan that you clean out every once in a while and you find fucking burgers from three weeks ago that are hard as rock, kids are fucking gross, man. They should be getting whooped so they clean up. Where we're going to leave is probably the best question and the worst question. How do you make sure your kids don't turn in the shit bags? I don't know. I have no idea. All you can do is be there for them. Be a good parent. And being there for them, you know, means setting ground rules for them. So they are disciplined when they get into the real world. Because a lot of kids and, you know, and I don't want to like dog on the Gen Z guys, but I just, I feel like there's just not a whole lot of discipline, which kids will be kids, right? Kids are absolutely going to be kids, but, you know, leave them the tools to be successful adults. But, you know, free will is a thing, right? You can't guarantee anything. I mean, I, I have people in my family that by all I can tell, great, great parents and, you know, their, their kid went down a path and he's not with us anymore. And it's super sad because he was, a you know, I liked him. Good dude. Just got into some shit, man. And life's fucked up and life's hard and, and people make bad decisions sometimes. I don't know. I don't think there's any guarantee. All you can do is, is, is the best you can. And I think at some point we all fail as parents some way or another. I mean, look at my parents. I'm in a, I'm down in a uh, basement making a podcast. I mean, that's, that's like the epitome of failure right there, but no, seriously, just, I don't know that there's a great answer to that. I mean, there's, this is probably going to spark some debate in people where they're like, well, corporal punishment's dog shit. And other people will say, well, you know, we got to do this or that. Like, I think ultimately the best thing you can do for your kids is to be there for them. That's something we all can do. And I guess the last thing I'll throw out is let kids be kids, man. I think kids right now grow up so fucking fast and are exposed to so much fucking shit that, man, just let them hold on to their childhood as, as long as they can because I feel like it goes a lot quicker than it than it did for us. So, so I'm editing this in after the fact because I thought a lot about what I said for the answer here. And I, and I kind of went on a diatribe about, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Which is, I don't have all the answers. But I guess something I wanted to throw out after thinking about it for a while is, I'm not going to go on a, you know, a long debate about both parents being in the picture and all that, but having parents around being there present for your kids, you know, emotionally be there for them and be there as a strong parent when they fuck up and discipline them because that's important in life. But if you do a little research, some poorly made research, look at some of these big time criminals over time that committed horrendous crimes. You can always kind of pinpoint something when it comes to parents, right? Not always, not always. And that's, 
obviously like that's a lot of people have bad parents and they come out okay but i mean let's let's be real here look at some of the issues in a lot of communities there's parents aren't in the picture you know dad's gone and mom has to work and there's no parental supervision it's a thing as much as you know we can debate that all day long it's a thing so find time for your kids i think it's the bottom line in all of this carry on all right well i hope that this uh podcast has been helpful i hope you enjoyed the last 15 minutes with me just me we got three more i think if i'm doing math right three four more podcasts until i go on my uh, couple week hiatus the last podcast will come out on christmas day so as always if you guys want to support the podcast a couple quick ways you guys can do that end of the podcast there's a little link click on that put in your credit card information and you can be a monthly sponsor of the podcast can be as little as a dollar it helps me keep the lights on down here and uh, making this podcast possible so i don't have to get a real job but i might have to it is what it is I do like doing this, so hopefully you guys enjoy it too. And then uh, buy some merch, man. That uh, I've gotten, even after the holiday deadline, you guys are fucking killing it buying some stuff. So I appreciate all that, guys. And I have a, an idea for some fun new merch at the beginning of the year, so hopefully I can get that to uh, come to fruition. And then, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast. With that said, uh, I hope you guys all have a good night. Be safe out there. And remember, don't raise shit bags. And I love most of you. Bye-bye.